Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and welcome to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. I'm Dory, and today you're going to have 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. Same as every Wednesday. So thank you for joining us. I'm going to have uh, Brian Tacomo talk to us really soon. Tacomo, I can't believe I believe your name, Brian. Hang in there. <laughs> and he's going to give you lots of great information about what he does. What does he do, you might be wondering. Well, he had an idea. What if you could connect artists directly to the top music and entertainment executives? Brian is now the founder and CEO of Talent Army, a company that does just that. Brian will share how this process works and what you need to get noticed. Brian has personally helped secure record deals for artists, and he was involved in the first concert event and subsequent Sony music signing of, wait for it, superstar John Legend, and he put LL Cool J on TV for the first time. He's worked with legendary rock stars, rock and roll Hall of Famers, Kiss, and many more. Brian holds high-level contacts within every major label, TV studio, and film company, studio, (laughs) allergies are getting to me, and he's also a trusted advisor to them. He was also the executive producer of the Big Apple Indie Music Series. Brian's opinion is valued so much within the industry that he's frequently asked to speak at the biggest industry conferences and events in the country. So, Brian, are you there? Well, thank you so much for that introduction, and thanks for having me. Um, It's uh, great to be with you. Great, thanks. And for those who are listening in, Brian is calling in from Long Island, New York. So he's a bit further north than I am. I'm down here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. But, hey, I'm glad we got connected. We have a mutual friend in Jason D'Amico young, talented uh, singer-songwriter musician who's been on the show before and whom I have booked many, many times. For those of you who don't know, I run Rock the Next Stage, which is a coaching and mentoring company, mostly business and performance coaching. I also have Next Stage Entertainment, which is booking and management and promotion. And then, of course, Next Stage Drumming, which is me because I'm a drum chick and I play percussion and also do therapeutic drumming and drumming events. So Jason and I have known each other for a long, long time, and he and his family said, hey, you got to connect with Brian. So I'm glad I did. So Brian, why don't you tell us, how, how did you get started in this? Well, it's a very interesting story, and, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's sort of hard to believe. But when I was a kid, I was growing up in the Lower West Side of New York, and it was really an undeveloped neighborhood at that time. The only real things that were going on down there were, were the very basic beginning music videos. Um, this was in like the early 80s, I guess. And I was going home from school one day, always fascinated by music. And I was maybe 14 years old, and there was a very large uh, scene like on the corner. And I walked over there, and I was wondering what it was. And I saw these cameras and lights. And remember, this was a pretty desolate neighborhood back in the day. Although now you have De Niro uh-huh. and Jay-Z, and, and it's the hot neighborhood of New York City. But when I was there, it was basically just a bunch of artists and musicians. And so we were in the elevator with Deborah Hari and the Ramones and, 
the original Wendy cool. Williams TV host, Wendy Williams of the Plasmatics, who was, if you don't know her, folks, you've got to go to YouTube and check out some videos of the Plasmatics. But um, there were so many cool people in that area that, so I'm coming home one day and I'm hearing music and I walk over and there's the Fat Boys. And they were doing a cover of James Brown's Sex Machine. And the music was blasting and it was like early hip-hop, you know, <laughs> harmless hip-hop back then. <laughs> Not, you know, gangsters and yeah. guns and, you know, slapping booties. But it was really just dance music. And so I walked over and I said, hey, I want to work on this video. And they're like, get out of here, kid, you know, whatever. And I saw that there was broken glass and, and a lot of debris on this, on this like, uh, street uh, scene. So I ran home and I grabbed my mother's broom. And I literally just ran to the set and started sweeping the set. And the guy's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And I'm like, no, I want to clean up. I work for free. And they were, like, literally picking me up to move me off the set. And the director walked out and goes, hey, who is this kid? And, and they, they let me basically work on the video. And I have to give to Z Big Vision and, um, and uh, Weiss Law Firm because they are the producers of this particular video. And they let me stay there. And they're like, I let the kids stay. And that was really just my first internship. And I went on to do other things with them. And it was like basically the first thing I ever put on a resume at 14. I told them I was 16. They said, you look pretty small for 16. <laughs> so, and that was it. I was hooked. You know, here I was just running to get cups of water and coffee and running to get errands. And I couldn't have been happier with that opportunity. So, you know, like, you know, there's opportunity out there. You just, you know, you have to sometimes make your own opportunities. Exactly. So it's a, a question of being in the right place at the right time, but also stepping forward and you know taking some action there. Awesome. So good, good. So Brian, what lights you up about what you do? You know, with, with that exception, I was really never given any opportunities. You know, I had I had wanted to do a lot of things, although that 14 sounds already too young to even start. But I had wanted to do things, and I had wanted to. And I had sent in scripts and songs and all types of things I had written and got absolutely no response. You know, although 14 people would roll their eyes and go, you, know, you shouldn't at this age. But, um, and so just, just being able to make that own, my own opportunity, I want to be able to pay it forward because – you know, if you look at the most successful people in the world, they all realize that at a certain point, it's good to give back. Um, and so I'm very involved in lots of charities. But my thing is that, you know, if I could help somebody get, you know, I, I recently gave a, a, an interview to someone that asked me the same question. So I'll use another example. Um, I was doing music showcases in New York City and these were very high-level events. I didn't charge the artists. I just was ex- incredibly selective of who I selected. Now, these were people who were already well on their way. They had done paid gigs. They had worked and made, you know, uh, you know work with other established acts. And I, I basically was uh, donating my time and some money to big brothers, big sisters of Westchester County. And there was an amazing artist, Giovanni Supreme. I believe he goes by a different name now. But um, So anyway, he was getting some buzz, but again, couldn't get a break, couldn't get his feet in the door. And I, I you know, worked with him for a few weeks and got him to some big people. And then I remember saying, um, you know, we had the ability to get some beats from someone named Arsonist from the Heatmakers, who's a really established uh, producer. And he was paying it forward, letting this unknown act get some beats. So I made some phone calls, and there was a new artist coming out that Sony was 
bigger on than anybody they had signed in the last 10 years. And I'm like, wow, this guy must be pretty great. And so I get a phone call and I say, would you like to supply us Hot 97, which is the preeminent hip-hop station, hip-hop and R&B in New York, one of the biggest, most powerful hip-hop stations in the world. And I had a call from them saying that they were looking, they had narrowed it down to three people to open for this new Sony artist. So I said, I got the guy for you. So I called up this artist and I said, listen, how'd you like to get your big break? And he goes, well, Alan, I've heard this before. What's the catch? And I said, no catch. At some point in your career, you're going to have to pay it forward and you're going to have to let somebody else open for you. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. When I play Madison Square Garden, I'll, I'll let someone open for me. Like, he didn't think it would ever happen. Well, he ended up going down to SOBs in New York, which is a famous venue, and he gets on stage, and he's opening for John Legend. And it was the first ever wow. concert. It was a coming out party, so to speak, uh, which what we call it, not in the LGBT sense, but, but the coming out party of an artist <laughs> that no one knows, really. So... Here he was on yeah. stage opening for John Legend, and it was just amazing. So, you know, I still speak with this artist, and he had gone on to open up for Jim Jones and Diplomats and a whole bunch of big, and um, Josh Stone, the Canadian singer who's amazing. Uh, a bunch of people have, have now, you know, he's now, you can boast that he was able to do that, and he himself is now giving back to his community um, as a way to, you know, pay it forward, I guess, as you say. Cool. Yeah. So you went from being a young kid, just kind of cleaning up on the set to boom, there you go. <laughs> so it's interesting how things progress and how you just never know, right? I would add one more thing, which, you know, seems like the obvious and it seems like cliche almost at this point, but, you know, you, you do have to take a chance as an artist and perhaps the industry where you can do that the most with the least risk is probably as a musician. Um, I mean, because those who have paved the way for you do deserve homage, but it's also incredibly um, productive to try different things. And that's what, you know, rehearsals are for, and that's what, you know, your studio is for. But, you know, in the same time, I remember that, like, if you don't take a chance, you, you don't ever make it. And when I was about 20 years old and I was starting to climb up through the industry, literally clawing my way up with no nepotism and no uh, nobody writing me a check. I had to earn every penny living in a basement apartment. I got a phone call from, again, an undeveloped neighborhood at the time, which was Hoboken, New York, uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, rather. And people were saying, you don't want right. to go to Hoboken. Well, we now know <laughs> how that worked out. So the, the, the invitation was to work in a, basically a new medium. Uh, which was called high definition, and no one thought it was going to catch on. They said, oh, come on, it's too expensive, and the only company is in Japan. I go, well, actually, they're now opening up the first studio in the United States for high definition, exclusively high def. And they're like, That's, you're insane to quit your job at Cablevision, which was in, you know, just beginning to get hot, and no one knew Cablevision uh -huh. when they blew up. And, and I said, well, I'm going to take a shot. So I went all the way from Long Island down to Hoboken on two trains and a bus. It was like a three-hour commute. It was awful. <laughs> and I just threw everything in the ring, and I said, I'm going to take a total career gamble. And, well, I can just say that like a year later, I had an Emmy Award at 20 years old. So it was a really big well. gamble that paid off. And, you know, so – being out there and, and having an opportunity for an artist to, you know, to do a radio interview, which is amazing. And again, I, I, I applaud you for giving pendant artists a chance to do that. 
And also, if you have a chance to play a music festival, even if it's an unheard of festival, um, you know, people who played Burning Man five, six years ago were probably laughed at, but now it's one of the hottest festivals out there. So there's opportunities out there, and that's really why I built my website, Talon Army Music, um, is because I, I kept getting so many demos from artists, and it's the one thing, no matter what, you have a, a tattooed rock and roll guy standing next to like a really thugged out looking rap guy and they'd be getting along passing information about music and, and everybody the one constant that they had was everybody gave me demos flash drives cds uh, business cards you know give me your information all they wanted to do was promote their career and the internet's a good way to do that but it's cluttered with literally a billion artists you're competing with so our platform yeah. basically sends aspiring talent to industry people like you and I, platinum producers and A&R directors that are looking for music. And the reason it works is that our fee is incredibly low. It's like 25 bucks, and that's on a cup of coffee and a bagel in New York or L.A., I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we ask for nothing. You know, the, the catch, everyone goes, what's the catch? You know, you, you have points on my record if I get a deal? I said, no, I get nothing but the right to go on shows like this and say, we found Joe Blow, and now he's on his way to – Greatness. That's all we really want. That's the best advertising, isn't it? Word of mouth. Cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. So now, Brian, they pay 25 bucks uh, a year, or how does that work? Well, the, I didn't initially want to have a fee. And for the first couple of weeks, I just had people sending music. And I can tell you what an absolute nightmare of clutter we got. I mean, a thousand oh, artists sending 40 to 50 songs each, it was, the, it was backing up so quickly that I was losing my experts. And they were like, this is garbage. And I didn't want to filter it. See, that's the problem with music. You know, there's a saying, as you know, Dory, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, and I didn't want to say this is garbage and somebody love it or vice versa. It's great and somebody hates it because then my credibility with that expert goes down. So I figured what is the tipping point where an artist will say, oh, that's still a great deal, but I'm not going to send my, you know, total garbage that I wrote like, you know, while intoxicated. I'm only going to send my best stuff, you know. And so that happened at about 25 bucks. And the only reason that we're 75% lower than all the other sites is that people that I know anyway. I mean, I don't have 300 experts like my competition, and I never badmouth my competition because, you know, when you're number one, you don't need to do that, you know. So I, I think that we have the highest conversion ratio of songs submitted to music placements. So it's pretty high. I mean, I want to say we're near 16 to 17%. I mean, 1% is unheard of, really, in the industry. And we're at 16%. Only because we, we do something no one else does, Dory. We get the experts to put on their resumes up to the minute what exactly they're looking for. So they don't just say, you know, I'm a classical music producer. Okay, good for you, but what are you looking for? Are you looking for, um, you know, harp? solos you're looking for you know piano concertos what is it that you're looking for and they they are specific with their searches so an artist can come in and put the keyword you know edm instrumental music cues 90 seconds as as precise as that is and most people don't even know what i was just talking about it would show up exactly what people are looking for on my site so it's it's almost like the most efficient dating service you can imagine. You put exactly what you're looking for, and there is your future partner right there. Boom. You know, so that's sort of how yeah. I elevator yeah. pitch explain it, you know. 
Well, a lot of people don't realize there there are other firms out there doing this. And, yeah, you look at the conversion rates, you go, hmm, wow, I don't know. They're really, really low. But what most people don't realize is that some of these outfits are getting thousands upon thousands of submissions, and they're not all good. So these people can be signing on as members, but they may or may not get placements because, as we mentioned last week with my guest from Canada, we were talking about songwriting, and you know, they just thought their, their stuff was good because it's never been critiqued before, but it just exactly. wasn't at and the that, level that, is, that, that they needed. Yeah. That is a great point, Dory. And I'm glad you brought that up because it, it eluded me for the moment. That's a great, great point. See, here's the thing. We get submissions and they go, well, man, I'm the best guy in my neighborhood. Okay. And my mom says I'm the yeah. best. Well, of course. And, and so do your friends, right? Yeah. And your their job. It's their job to keep you motivated. And you may be. But, you know, you have to remember, and people say to me, the number one question I ever get is, why would I pay somebody whose job it is to listen to music to listen to my music? Well, okay, a dairy farmer's job is to, is to withdraw milk from his cows or her cows. They're not going to give you that milk for free, even if it's their job. That's what they do for a living. They get paid for that. And unlike other sites that claim to listen to your song, we prove it and we guarantee it because you get a written feedback and it's a critique and it's not gentle at times. I mean, they're professional, but they're going to tell you right off the bat, this is what needs to be done. Your levels are off. Your bridge comes in too early. Your core, you know, they're going to critique it. Real talk, because they you would want that. I mean, you would want to be told exactly what that record label needs and advises that you do, because that's like priceless information. You know, it's like asking the number one yeah. fashion consultant how you're dressed. Well, you have to pay thousands of dollars for that, and they're going to do it for twenty five bucks. And again, the reason we are able to do such a low fee is because I have relationships, and I'm currently working with many of these music people right now on side projects. So. I'm I'm on the phone and texting them most of the day anyway. Um, and so we have a relationship with them. So we can send them music and they don't, you know, we don't charge them anything. We don't charge the artist anything. The only fee that we have that 25 bucks is because, you know, they're going to spend two to three minutes of their time listening to that song. And then another five minutes writing, you know, a really detailed review. So, 10 minutes of a producer's time or a A&R's time is that's valuable. You know, that's what they're doing for their job. They're getting paid significantly through their other sources to do that. So for us, you know, we have to make sure that they get something. Um, and the best, most, um, you know, encouraging news is when I hear people call me up and say, Oh my God, did you hear this girl? And the truth is no, usually I, I only listen to about 1% of the submissions because I just, you know, I don't have, 27 hours in a day, you know, so I really think that when I get someone to say, hey, you have to hear this girl, and then I hear her get a music placement, and and I don't want anything in return except to be able to say that we helped her out, and that, again, is the best advertising. That is very rewarding to me. And that's really cool, and that's what it's all about. I have been working in the industry for about 16 years now, and a lot of the, the bands and solo artists that I've worked with were very, very young, but they were very, very talented. And I would always ask them, do you want feedback of your performance, especially if it was a concert or an event that I was getting paid to be there anyway. So I said, look, and I would throw them a freebie, and I would tell them just to let you know, 
if you want, and I'm not going to hold back, number one, and I would also tell them that this feedback is worth hundreds of dollars. So you know, just keep that in mind. And now, of course, you know, they're older and I charge yeah, them. But, hey, that's just the way it goes. That's a great point. But, I mean, you know, that, that is a great point. They needed People to know that to if you want that to improve. the greatest thing on earth, and it's great to have self-confidence, but you have to be able to be critiqued. If somebody subtly hands you a piece of chewing gum, don't say, I don't need it. Just look at them and say, oh, really? Thank you. Like, accept it. Like, they're, they're trying to help you, whether you realize it or not. You know what I mean? These people, right. like, you know, they get thousands and thousands of songs. You know, I know one guy that spends literally five to six nights, five hours a day, in and out of studios and clubs and online, listening to music that he's searching for for the major label that he happens to work for. So when I send him music and I say, hey, listen, you know, if I give you a few bucks, can you listen to this? They, I, I couldn't tell you how many experts jumped at the chance to have the ability to simply click a button on their phone, in their car, at their home computer, in their pajamas, anywhere they are, and just plug in a set of headphones and listen to music, as opposed to scouring the Internet for viral videos. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, he or she or that band, you know, they have thousands of people um, – reaching them. And by the time you get another Justin Bieber who's, you know, blows people away on the internet, and how many years has that been, right? How many years has it been since some amazing artist has been found on the internet? You know, and people say, well, the yeah, internet's true. easier. And Dora, you're sure you hear that every day. Oh, it's so easy. I don't need to, to pay someone. I'll be found on the internet. Okay. And a diamond gets found in a gold mine once every, you know, 100 days. It's very difficult to find that amazing artist. And the internet, I would argue, actually makes it harder because now instead of sending yes. a thousand – instead of me and you being one and two in a thousand demos that would line up uh, against the wall in a record studio or in a, a major label, now there are literally 150,000 songs being sent every week to record labels. I mean they just literally have a trash file. And it's more efficient and less damaging to the environment now. They're not dumping plastic in, in dumps. They just hit delete, boom, and it all, it all disappears. So they only take music from trusted sources. And we are at about 80% of the industry right now. Or we can reach about 80% of the industry pretty quickly. Um, and, and we're hoping to get to the point where we're like, we can basically get to anybody. Um, so we, um, you know, we guarantee what we do because the people on our side are, have already said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay it forward and I'm going to do this to help you know, find the next great act. And, and you help me filter it down um, because they are able to put their own filters. If they're not looking for a type of music, if they only want drum beats, drum beats by Dory, they can put in <laughs> looking for drum beats exclusively. And that's the only type of stuff they're going to get is the kind of stuff that you're doing with your, you know, with your students and your clients. Right, right. So, yeah, that, and that does make the process easier. And I always love it when either somebody sends me a clip or I happen to go out and, and catch somebody performing. And it's usually the ones that are the most humble. Where you go, and they have no idea how good they are. And you just get blown away and go, oh, my gosh, where did that come from? So can you share some success stories with us? Absolutely. Like I said, this one artist, um, Giovanni Supreme, who I believe also goes by Cross Street Geo, he's a Westchester, mm -hmm. New York um, R&B singer and rapper. Yeah, I don't think, you know, and it's funny because most R&B and hip-hop guys have a total swag, as they call it, you know, their swagger. 
He didn't know how good he was. And he's and, and by the way, you know, the ladies just go nuts for him because um he's like this ex Ford model and stuff. So so I was like Tell wow. I looked at the kid and I said, this kid is marketable. And I said, you know, he's light-skinned black guy. He has Latin blood, white blood, black blood. So he's like appealing to everybody. And he's a Ford model. And I said, I said, Lord, please let this guy be able to sing. And he started rapping. And I was like, <laughs> man, he's got it. He's got it. And I said, and he, he became the, old, the first and only artist I ever signed to a record deal. The, the, I'm sorry, they only, I, uh, the, the, I signed to a management deal, rather. Sorry. And I said, look, I don't babysit. I mean, manage. Those of us who manage and understand that, that sort of a funny saying that, like, when you're a manager slash uh, agent, you're a babe, basically a babysitter. You know, and 90% of the time, you make no money. <laughs> you pull your hair out. But this kid was amazing. And we, uh, we've had some really good success with him. And he didn't know how good he was, you know. Um, another amazing artist I've worked with is a, a beautiful plus size model from Indianapolis, Joyce Licorice, as in the candy. And she is amazing. And when I first met her, she had no idea how amazing she was. And, you know, I, I made a couple of phone calls and I had her play the Copacabana when she came into New York to, as in the Barry, Barry Manilow song. It's a world famous venue. Yeah, yeah. She opened up for a bunch of, um, you know, well-known acts and she, she's on her way. I think she was the lead in the touring group of uh, dream girls. And I mean, you can check out her website, Joyce, uh, Joyce and Keller Brian mentioned her, but again, she was very humble. It's good to have a swag and it's good to have a confidence. Um, but you need to be open to constructive criticism, which as you know, as a coach, yeah. you know, when people drop that shield for you, Dory, I'm sure it's only at that point where you make your breakthroughs when they're able to be helped. Right, because you know they're close, but with a little tweaking man, that would just totally knock it out of the park. And they, it might be something that they never realized that they were doing that needed to be corrected, or uh, they just hadn't thought of the ideas that you threw out. So, yeah, that's always very cool. And I had to laugh about the management comic because that is so true. When people, I tell right. people I don't manage very many people because of that reason. It's a lot of work, and, yeah, it's, it's, it has a lot of components to it. So now we only have a few more minutes, Brian. What, what kind of tips could you share with our audience about, that would help fans and solo artists? I'm sorry, repeat the question? We only have a few more minutes left, so can you share any tips for our listeners? Oh, yes, I'm sorry, tips. Okay, yes, um, one of the things I can say is is be open to constructive criticism. Um you know, if somebody comes out and says something rude like you stink, I mean, you just walk away. There's always going to be haters out there. But if somebody says, hey, listen, can I make a suggestion? It's not criticism. I mean, they're, they're trying to help you. They're trying to help you get better. And that's exactly what we say on our website. You know, on Talent Army Music, the first thing it says is, number one, we don't ask for anything if you get a placement or a record deal. But number two, it says, if you're not open to constructive criticism, we are not the experts for you because a lot of people, you know, and I, I shouldn't say a lot, occasionally, you know, maybe once a week I'll get an email saying, Hey, you know, I didn't like this review. You know, he said, I need to change my chorus and I like the chorus and I listen to it and I say, well, you know, your voice is really good, but, and the, and the musicianship is amazing, but the chorus is, it's not catchy, you know, turn on the radio now and you'll hear every pop song. You may not like it, but you have to admit that, that there's certain qualities that appeal. 
That's why they call it pop. It's popular. It reaches the masses. And, you know, this is still a music industry. So it's not, it's a music business. It's not just, you know, for fun. Although it's number one, you get into the industry to have fun. But if you're looking to be a professional musician or singer or songwriter, you have to supply the masses with what, with what they want. And these record executives do nothing but tell you what needs to be changed. And in, in, in the case of what you do, sometimes, like you said, it's just mm-hmm. a very little tweak between mediocrity and greatness. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not much, so they shouldn't get all bent out of shape because you know, exactly they they can't expect that you, you're not going to say anything. I, I always tell them, I'll find something, <laughs> and if I don't, on a very rare occasion, I say, just count your blessings, dude, because I I got nothing. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, that's right. So there it, it you happens. go. I mean, there's there's stars out there, you know. Sometimes people come yeah. into you, like you said, you, they only need a little bit of self-confidence or a little bit of, you know, it, it's a funny thing. I, you and I are old enough to remember. A lot of the young kids listening may not know this, but there used to be back in the day something called artist development. And what that would mean, if you yeah. came in and you were drop-dead gorgeous, a la Britney Spears, right? At the time, she was, and some would argue still, very beautiful woman. Most would say that compared to Whitney Houston, she does not know how to sing. Am I right? So back in yeah. the day, they, they, they literally looked at her and went, wow. And they took her in the studio, and they literally had hallways full of doors. Makeup, next room was hair. Next room was choreography. Shout out to Randy C. Connor, by the way, a friend of mine and, and, and Britney's choreographer. Um, but they would send her to Randy, and Randy would teach her how to dance. And they would give her to the makeup person and so on and so on. And they would literally develop this processed cheese, for lack of a better analogy. It was just crafted. Well, that doesn't happen anymore because budgets are cut with major record labels. And so what a a record label wants now, or or anybody who owns a studio or or is in charge of, of music placement, they want the finished package. They need a great melody, a great chorus, catchy song. You know, you have to basically come with everything at this point. And it's a lot of work, but the boys from the men and the girls from the women, let's just say. You have to be serious about this industry. If you're just going to play coffee shops on weekends, God bless you. Have fun. But if this is your job, Mm -hmm. you need to be willing to listen to what experts have to say. And if your dentist tells you you need some work done, even if you get a second opinion, you should probably get that, that crown put in or whatever it is. I mean, they're there to help you. Mechanics, same thing. You and I and people on Talent Army Music, you know, we're here to help artists. And if they're, if they, you know, they turn a deaf ear and they don't want to be helped, well, there's only, you can only do so much for people. But those who are willing to listen to constructive feedback, they're the ones that are going to make the most gains. Right. And the people who are listening in now also need to know that for placement deals, commercials, uh, TV shows, movies, Sometimes there are very, very specific parameters, things that they are looking for, and if you don't have that, then you know the, you won't get the placement. But you know, for those types of things, you might have to tweak things to fit that particular submission, or you just need to have the right sound. A lot of times, they'll say looking for artists who sound like, and they'll have links and things like that. So exactly. you learn a lot about exactly. how to craft your tunes based on what gets what gets selected. Right. And that, that's a great point. And one of the things that I mentioned before is that on Town Army Music, we 
we have the experts or their assistants in many cases because some of these people are quite busy and um, they they will edit their profiles sometimes two or three times a week so that we know exactly what they're mm-hmm. looking for and more importantly the artists that come to the site you know they know and and coaches like you and producers that are working with these artists they know exactly what to submit you know you may have a hundred songs and we all know most groups have many different sounds they have love songs and upbeat songs and mellow songs and party songs mm-hmm. or whatever it is um, and so we we basically will use the analogy it's you know, this artist meets this tempo or something to the effect of what yeah. that label or what that, that TV show is looking for. Uh, we just added an amazing artist to our amazing uh, um, music placement person to our site, James Lucente. He's out of L.A. and he's working with some of the hottest shows right now. So if you've got instrumentals and you guys are listening out there, um, especially drum beats, you know, work with Dory on the drumming aspect of it, but there are oftentimes it's, it's a simple drum beat and a guitar lick. It's real simple music cues that they're looking for. And the residual payments of those songs last forever. You get paid forever on those song placements. So there's money exactly, out there. And that's a good point. Yeah. How many right. times do you listen to a commercial or an intro to a show and you think, Okay, that was really easy. Instrumental intro. Right. I thought, wow. But you know, they're getting paid every single time. Well, so <laughs> your point is, all the way to the bank. Exactly. Your point is a valid one, and I'll leave everyone with this. Everyone has heard din in it, din in it. The guy who wrote that incre- my 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 five year old could have written that. But that guy has his has the intro and the outro and the tease music for every single one of every single episode of every single station owned by the massive giant in the sports industry, ESPN. They have maybe uh, seven or eight, nine, ten stations, and they, they probably have 20 – they have 24-hour programming on nine stations around the world plus satellite, cable, cell phones. I mean their content would be up there with the biggest in the world, with the Viacoms, with the Disneys. And one guy wrote, did it, it, did it, it, and that is – he is making crazy money on one placement. I think the rumor is that they just bought the song eventually as opposed to just paying for it. They just gave him a flat yes. fee. He probably doesn't have to work anymore. So there is a lot <laughs> there of money out there. It's still, it's still the misconception, and I'm sure you would agree, Dory, that if you ask 100 artists, what is it that you're looking for? Everybody says, oh, I want a major record deal. Well, listen – there's a lot of indie yeah. labels out there, you know, shout out to the indie labels and indie artists and indie songwriters and producers. It is a lot of money out there. You know, sometimes you look at a person like um, Diane Warren, who, who's been responsible for so many number one hits. She can walk right down Broadway and maybe no one would recognize her. Maybe one person would know who she is, but she's able to live anonymously among us. <laughs> and she's a multi multi-millionaire and she's the woman behind lots of hits, you know? So, I, I think it's wonderful that there's so many opportunities out there now to make money with music and um, people like you and people like talent army music experts. I mean, we're here to help. So take advantage of that help. It's, it's literally a click away. That's right. And that's a great segue. So thanks so much. And, and let me tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. So if you want to connect with Brian Jacoma, go to talentarmymusic.com. And you can check things out and see what's what and also possibly send an email in or if you have any questions, you could also connect with me, 
rockthenextstage.com or shoot me an email, Dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage. And, of course, I've got my book out there, Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative Success Formula. I'm doing a talk for an artist um, conference this weekend, so that should be cool. And uh, I also have free 30-minute strategy sessions available, folks. I'm not kidding here. I hope we're giving you some free advice. So go to my website, fill out the contact form, and you'll be good to go. Brian Jacoma, thank you so much for all your time and tips and sharing your stories. You and I could probably talk all day, but I hope you need to go, and so do I. So thanks again for jumping in. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Sure thing. All righty, folks. We'll be here again next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Till then, keep on rocking.